MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And it is the Lombardi Line presented by Bet MGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds for the next couple hours, keeping you company. And Wes, we saw a very interesting game last night in Monday Night Football. When you look at the Niners against the Rams, not so much, there wasn't a whole lot of intrigue in the game itself. When you saw that the Niners easily uh, get the get the money here, they're getting three and a half. You didn't need them; could throw those away. They win the game outright, thirty-one to ten. The under does cash with only forty-one total points scored. But I looked at this game, and it was like a composite of Debo Samuel to me. Mm-hmm. Like the Niners' offense takes on the personality of Debo, and from the from wide receiver slash running back position. They embody everything that the Rams are not right now. He is tough. He is physical. And the Rams, to me, are just Charmin soft. So when you look at what you saw last night in the game, and I'm not sure if you were on that side last night with the Niners or not, it was pretty evident. One team is physical, and one team likes to beat you by design. And the team by design right now has got to figure something out with two straight losses. Yeah, and and what you're seeing with the 49ers, too, is there any is there a team that has more disparate results from week to week than the 49ers? They go in, uh, they lose to the Colts on that bad Sunday night game, and then they go beat the Bears and did so pretty easily. It's like, wow, Kyle Shanahan, really good game plan. Then against Arizona, you get... The fighting Colt McCoys, Mm. no DeAndre Hopkins, no Kyler Murray, no uh, Edmonds, no J.J. Watt, who the 49ers hung with down in Arizona in the prior meeting. Then they get absolutely whacked. And then the Rams, you think, would be maybe smarting coming off that Sunday night loss where 
The score really didn't indicate what that game was. It was just basically the two turnovers against Tennessee, and it was good night now for the Rams. And then you're thinking, okay, the Rams are going to rebound. I did not have a side personally on this game last night. I did definitely needed the 49ers so that the consensus in the contest would lose, which was <laughs> all over the Rams. And that's what happened there. 31 to 10, you look at the stats and it's like, well, 49ers were just kind of pedestrian, like 5.2 yards of play. And this was this game was over really from the get-go. They took a 14-0 lead after that first quarter, and the Rams couldn't do anything. And now all of a sudden you see Matthew Stafford is kind of, you know, had a couple well, shaky games, had a very good start to the season, right. a couple shaky games now. Of course, Robert Woods is out for the time being. You have Eldell Beckham, but it's going to take time to kind of incorporate him in the offense. I mean, there was times, I think that first interception, that must have been a total miscommunication on that route because it's like this guy that you got in there doesn't even really know the plays right now. So you could potentially excuse that, but it's a good thing for the Rams that they are having the bye week this week. Yeah, they, I, I guess they desperately need it here with two straight losses. And again, you look at all the tinkering, you bring in Von Miller, you bring in Odell Beckham Jr., and it feels like one of those old Yankee baseball teams where you just bring in all the big mm -hmm. stars and you assume it's going to work right away, and it's not right now. You're, you're trusting Boy Genius. You're trusting that Sean McVay can figure this out. And – you would think he will eventually, but right now, and again, with that bye week, maybe they'll see how they, they lick their wounds here from the last two weeks and come out of this thing the, the other way. But the, the Niners now are the intriguing team here in the NFC. Because to your point, they start off 2-0, and then they lose four straight, now they win uh, two out of their last three. And you, is Kyle Shanahan back on the right track? Are they going to start running the football? When they're that physical, you, you have to like their game plan. Because to your point, they don't take a whole lot of chances with Jimmy G. Right, you get back to running the ball 30, 40 times a game. And Jimmy G even said it last night after the game. This this felt like their Super Bowl run. This is the way they, they were the, kind of the game script when they went all the way to the Super Bowl and basically were a quarter away from winning the Super Bowl. Are you trusting now, maybe financially going forward, that the Niners really can be a player down the stretch here in the NFC? They're very much a whole team for me. Now, the next couple weeks is really where the opportunity is for the 49ers. You go to Jacksonville, 2-7 and seven Jaguars team. You got to get the job done on the road, get back to 500. You have a Minnesota team that's been fairly erratic, very much mirror of the 49ers, and they have the identical record at 4-5. and five. Then you go to Seattle. Where is Seattle going to be? We know Russell Wilson is back, but obviously we saw on Sunday he did not look right. No. Did not look 100%. Forced a couple throws. Just the time was off it was probably some rust and probably the fact that maybe he was brought back potentially at least a couple weeks too soon but where is Seattle's mindset going to be so those are three winnable games right mm. there you win those games all of a sudden you're seven and five you are very much in the mix for a wild card spot I think you know too far back in the division with the Cardinals at eight and two and I still think the Rams you've got to think maybe water's going to find its level and they're going to get right I think the bye week they absolutely needed this because like you said about the physicality really the last two weeks this team has gotten out tough yeah on the football field and that's not what you want you don't want to be too finesse where you always feel like you got to trick people you know you want to have those game plans and whatnot that are very creative and innovative which Sean McVay can sometimes bring but there's sometimes where you got to like punch the other team in the other jersey in the mouth mm -hmm. and the Rams just aren't able to do that and I thought that this team was a little bit tougher and that's the reason why I picked them to make it out of the NFC this year for the Super Bowl but they, they got to find that toughness over that bye week that they're going to have off or this is going to go south on this team in a hurry. They arguably have five Hall of Famers to be on this team. Three on the defense. I think it's pretty safe to say Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, and Aaron Donald, right? 
make your case about Odell Beckham Jr. and Matt Stafford. But you're looking at maybe the most star-studded group that doesn't reside in Tampa. And when you have that kind of talent to get pushed around the last two weeks the way they did against Tennessee, and then last night against San Francisco, it's flat-out embarrassing Mm -hmm. when you actually watch that. And Kyle Shanahan right now absolutely owns Sean McVay, I believe 5-0 straight up and against the, the spread here the last five times they've matched up. So, again, for all the accolades we like to throw to certain teams and certain coaches and certain players, you got to go earn it on the field. Right now, the Rams aren't doing it. Now, when you flip it forward for San Francisco next week, you mentioned the Jaguars here. So, they're going to go on the road here and lay a small number on the road. Are we trusting the Niners now that you say, okay, on the road, it's the fight in Irvin Myers. We can lay – uh, less than a touchdown on the road? Does that make you a little nervous when you look at after the big showing last night, short week, go on the road to Jacksonville? It actually kind of does because we say a small number. It is still six and a half, and you might see a seven pop. You're starting to see them at a couple faraway places. Now that seven being juiced to the Jacksonville side, about minus $1.20. This was five and a half on the look ahead, now up to six and a half. So an adjustment off the 49ers Mm -hmm. having a great primetime performance as an underdog. By the way, a lot of underdogs have had great (laughs) primetime performances this year. It's now 21 and nine against the spread in primetime games, that being Thursday night, Sunday night, and of course Monday night. So underdogs have been getting there. Six and a half on the road. Look, Jacksonville, one thing I'll say for Jacksonville, they don't really look like they've necessarily mailed in the season. Right. You look at some of these bad teams and it's like, well, are the Jets or a couple of these other teams, Houston, are they kind of mailing it in and resigned to their fate here? Jacksonville has not. They got down 17 to nothing early against Indianapolis, and all of a sudden Indianapolis, I think, thought that they were going to quit, and they, and they didn't, and they made it a one-score game. Trevor Lawrence didn't even play very well in mm. that game. It was really kind of the Colts just doing nothing and you know not changing their game plan once Jacksonville did make adjustments. I know a lot of people have talked about Urban Meyer and this staff that they're not very well coached. They made some very good adjustments against Jonathan Taylor after he had almost 100 yards in the first quarter for Indianapolis. And then all of a sudden that running game got shut down. And then all of a sudden you didn't have those five-step drops and those deep shots down the field. So the Colts didn't adjust and maybe run a little more crossing route action or some screen action, some quick slants. Colts didn't do that, and all of a sudden you had a one-score game with Jacksonville where they theoretically had a chance not only being in the back door for the cover, but they had a chance of getting the back door for an outright win, and the Colts were able to hang on. So, you know, I know that this kind of looks like candy here, less than seven (laughs) in terms of laying the 49ers on the road off that really good performance last night, but caution. Be careful here. This feels like a T-spot for me. Again, just looking ahead, you're going to have to find another dance partner there if you want to take the Niners, but... I I do believe right now Kyle Shanahan has figured it out. And I kind of figured he would. And, again, I I think what happened there was, if you remember earlier in the year, it was all Trey Lance. We got to see Trey Lance play. Mm -hmm. And then they saw Trey Lance play, and they went, oh, okay. We got to let Jimmy G play. And so there is no quarterback controversy anymore. And once you kind of get over that hurdle mentally, even with the fan base and inside that locker room, I think they go back to doing what the Niners do, which is run the football first, play good defense up front, and then let Jimmy G beat you 
uh, on play action here when you pick your spots. Well, and you also brought up earlier in the segment about Debo Samuel, that they take on his identity. Yes. Let's not forget George Kittle being back. And I know George Kittle, five catches, 50 <laughs> yards, and a touchdown. So not like superlative numbers here, but the fact is you got to cover him. Right. And you got to respect him. You know that he is such a vital part of Kyle Shanahan and that whole offensive scheme. So even if he's not putting up numbers, you still got to respect him and you got to account for him. And I think he makes an absolute difference. Because keep in mind, he did miss a few games yeah. uh, this season with an injury. So now that he is back, the 49ers at least – for a team that's so injured, and it's like, are the injuries going to weigh them down like they did last year? Having him back, I think, is such a key for this team and just gives them, I think, another dimension that this offense hadn't had most of the season. No question about it. And I will say this. You go back to this point of the season last year, nobody was thinking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would end up becoming the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and running the table and winning the Super Bowl, right? So all I'm saying is at this stage of the season, we're kind of really at the true new halfway point mm-hmm. here with the 17-week season. I wouldn't necessarily shut the door on any of your future plays for the Niners. Might be a good buy-low spot here if you want to look them, potentially making a second half run. Well, this pecking order is going to change probably both in the AFC and the NFC simply because you don't really have that one team right now. You don't have that one team that's like, yeah, they're the team to beat here. Look, we were just casting aside the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Then they have an impressive win on Sunday night, and it's like now they're the favorite again in the AFC West. The Buffalo Bills have had some shaky performances. Cleveland has had shaky performances. Baltimore has had shaky Mm -hmm. performances. Arizona just got beat. I know a lot of it was injury-related, but Carolina came in and just handed it to them at home. So all of these teams that are at the top right now, nobody's really the team to beat. And I think that's the point here is that we don't have to rush to judgment on certain teams here in the NFL. Kind of wait and see how this plays out. So you might be, as we always mention here, it is a week-to-week league. Look at the Chiefs. We all wrote them off, and now right now they're back to being the favorites to win the AFC West. We have a big show, of course, today later on this hour. Will Hill's going to join us, and next hour, Michael uh, Gelkin is going to join us from the Dallas Cowboys uh, morning news team there to talk about those Cowboys and if they are, in fact, the best team in the NFL. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. 
the initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522 4700. Back here on the Lombardi line, I am Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here. And Wes, when we look ahead here to the Thursday night game, and it's something interesting we were just talking about with the 49ers now that maybe the number gets a little bit inflated based off what we just saw. So now you look at the Patriots. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. What did we just see from the Patriots? Just whoosh, the Cleveland Browns up and down the field on Sunday. And conversely, the Falcons just get whoosh, by the Cowboys. Mm-hmm up and down the field on Sunday. So now you look at this thing opening up around four, and this thing is skyrocketing quickly up to about seven, seven and a half. So I wonder here, that inflated line, that value we're always looking for, almost six and a half here, BetMGM, I've seen some spots at seven. 
What do you make of that number going up almost two and a half points here within 48 hours? Initial glance would be Atlanta getting the seven, just kind of trying to go against buying the Patriots off that high. By the way, they have covered their last four games. This was a team that was two and four. Now, all of a sudden, six and four, very uh, much part of the playoff chase. And then uh, I do refer to a a tweet from one of our regulars on the Sunday Green Zone, that being Ian McMillan, at Ian McBets on Twitter, Mm -hmm. who is an Atlanta Falcons super fan he usually gets assigned that game uh yeah we we, we uh, gave him punishment assigning him atlanta <laughs> and dallas but it was a very short afternoon for him nonetheless so uh he says nobody knows the atlanta falcons like i know the atlanta falcons and i'm telling you right now they'll lose by at least 10 points on thursday i don't like to use the term quote unquote lock but this is my max bomb will play 100 percent guarantee reputation <laughs> on the line lock of eternity play so i guess he's confident and in, in laying the points with the Patriots and then moreover goes on into saying nothing but misery pain and regret in the books for Falcons fans on Thursday night they're going to get steamrolled while we get shown highlights of the 28 to 3 game because remember I pointed that out on the Twitter uh at Atlanta Falcons on Twitter and they tweeted yeah we know (laughs) 28 to 3 because everybody remembers that of course from the Super Bowl but having said that If I want to bet Atlanta, it looks like I can wait a little bit and probably get at least a better number on this because I do believe that the Patriots now are kind of getting to that. Well, you know, they're getting inflated off these numbers here. They did just beat Cleveland 45 to Mm 7. Obviously, this is a Cleveland team that has had its fair share of injuries and tumult throughout the year with now Odell Beckham no longer being a member of the Cleveland Browns. But Baker Mayfield has not been 100%. Nick Chubb was out last Sunday with COVID-19. I, I, it's not a surprise. Patriots won. It was a surprise. Maybe they beat them 45 to seven. Then they blew out the Panthers on the road, 24 to six. The ghosts returned to Charlotte for Sam Darnold. And then before that, they won at the Chargers, 27, 24, and then blew out the Jets. So ever since that heartbreaking loss in overtime to the Cowboys, uh, heartbreaking, not only is it outright, but for those of us that took the points with Dallas, uh, that one still stings. I need to put that in the past. That was like a month ago. Put it in the past, Wes. Well, but, but to your point, that could be arguably 6-1 and one then, ATS, in the last seven. That's how good they've been to the number. Uh, and obviously, we, we kind of figured Bill Belichick would, would get this figured out eventually with Mac Jones. And I've seen a lot of people out there saying, you know, Mac was not the everybody wanted to bang on Mac mm-hmm. Jones when he came out in the draft, right? Now they're the saying how now they're saying how great he is right. a, so, after this run. So that that's kind of the way that this goes, right? So all of a sudden we, we don't like him because he's Alabama, he's going to Belichick and his body type doesn't look good and all the and then all of a sudden you see him perform and you go, Well, it's the system. Well, now it's Bill. Is it Mac Jones? Is it the offense? It, it's got to be the combination thereof. It, it, it's uh, kind of, a, I would guess, a uh, amalgamation of everything. Because, look, I think Mac Jones obviously has a lot of potential. Look, he played in a good college system at Alabama. Yes, he He's also playing, and, and as much as I hate to say this, because on a personal level, because I try not to let the personal cloud my handicapping here, on a personal level, I don't like Josh McDaniels. I don't think he's a man of his word. He reneged on that deal, deal with the Indianapolis yes, Colts. But, you know, nevertheless, what do they say? Game's got to recognize game here. And Josh McDaniels is a very darn good offensive coordinator. And he has put Mac Jones in a position to succeed, not asking him to do too much, looking at saying, what does this guy really do well? And then going with that. So 
you know, it's going to take time for him to improve, but he's with an organization that I think is kind of the best spot because you look at some of these other rookie quarterbacks. You look at Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. That's still a rebuild organization-wide. You look at Zach Wilson with the Jets, who is scheduled to return, I believe, this Sunday. That's a rebuild organization-wide. At least New England, there's some stability. There's some structure, not only within the coaching staff, but also in the front office in terms of in the owner's box. So at least there's stability with that organization. So that's why you see Mac Jones now with those offensive rookie of the year prices just behind Jamar Chase and the Cincinnati Bengals. So is right there where it almost looks like really a two-man race between those two guys. But going back to this Thursday night game, I kind of have at least a little bit of interest in the Atlanta side here. But I want to see how much the number goes up. And there you go. As I look at one of our monitors here at the fabulous VSIN studio right here at the South Point, showing Mac Jones on a, a national mm-hmm. network. Uh, you know, 13 passing touchdowns this season. Team had 12 all of last season. So there you go with the national media when they all kind of get, get, get on the tip here. That's sometimes the time where you can go ahead and and take a stand against it. Well, it's interesting, too, because remember, when you look at Rookie of the Year here, and he is plus 120 right now, and Jamar Chase still the favorite, and I did like Jamar Chase until what we've seen from the Bengals the last couple weeks here, right? But to your point about the national media and the national narrative, remember, these awards are voted on. Mm-hmm. So really, at plus 120 right now, might be the last time you get plus money right. with Mac Jones because this will be the new narrative. The old narrative was he's not very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, they kind of wasted. They could have gone out and gotten Trey Lance or Justin Fields or pick your other quarterback that went before Mac Jones, and they kind of blew it. No, now now everybody's going. Oh, he's exactly who he thought. He's Tom Brady Jr. He's little Brady, right? And this is what's happening there. So if you want to take that play, I would probably advise you to get it now. Now the value is not as good as it would have been three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But again, it, you and I were having this discussion before we got on the air today. When you look at the Chiefs to win the AFC West, you could have gotten plus money two weeks ago. On the Chiefs, right? And now they're the overwhelming favorite again to win that division. It's not always about what bet you make. It's when you make said bet. So uh, the timing of it absolutely matters. But to your point about this being voted on, look, like I said, that stat a minute ago, Mac Jones, 13 TD passes. The Patriots as an entire unit only had 12 last year. So the Patriots are very much a high-profile national team Mm -hmm. that even people not in New England pay attention to. So all of a sudden, you see what Mac Jones is doing, and it's like he's going to get the credit for that all of a sudden. So that's why I think he is very live for that award. And by the way, just as, as an aside, the Chiefs right now minus 110 to win the West. So, again, you could have had plus money the last couple of weeks on the Chiefs. And the reason why we point this out is, again, right now, as you just saw, Mac Jones is still plus money to win Rookie of the Year. If things keep going the way they are going, I bet you that becomes the way of the Chiefs, where in a couple of weeks, all of a sudden, you got to lay money if you want to take Mac Jones to be Rookie of the Year, because I'm with you. That narrative does matter. And right now, that's the national narrative. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying that's that's the mm-hmm. way that it gets seeped into your brain that all of a sudden now it's got to be Mac Jones now. All of a and sudden, that gets seeped and priced into the market as well. Absolutely right. Let's go on a little bit to uh, one other game that I do want to get to, and it does involve your Colts against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday here. And again, the Colts very lackluster in their performance on Sunday, getting the W over uh, over Jacksonville, but not uh, taking the money here. The Bills are great, right? Finally, they kind of woke up in that second half in the Meadowlands and destroyed the JETS, 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 Jets. So now it's an interesting number to me that it's, I say, only seven. But again, 
the Bills now have almost become a public team. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wes, do you feel like you're getting value at the Colts plus seven? Uh, I'm not sure. I wish I had a yes or no <laughs> definitive answer because we don't really know yet about what these Colts are. Uh, they have now won two in a row, obviously beating the Jaguars and the Jets at home. This team is 5-5, five and five, but this team has not beaten a team with a winning record. The right. best team they beat was the 49ers, who were still, even though, you know, off the best performance of the season, that's still a 4-5 and five football team. They have not beaten a team with a winning record this year, the Indianapolis Colts. So... That's kind of like an I don't know. I kind of feel like, man, I could easily see them going on the road and getting their you-know-whats kicked Mm -hmm. in by a team in Buffalo that seemingly found itself off two kind of uh, shaky performances. But this is the uh, wild card playoff, if you want to call it quote-unquote revenge or payback spot or whatever it was. Keep in mind the Colts were seven-point underdogs in the playoffs last year against yeah. Buffalo. Now it's seven, like minus a dollar twenty, because we've seen kind of a mediocre Colts team this year at five and five. And we've seen a Buffalo team, even though they've had a couple shaky performances at six and three. Now that you may be getting close to seven and a half, I might be interested in Indianapolis, but this could be just a wait and see game for me. Well, that game feels like 10 years ago. Yeah. Philip Rivers was the quarterback of that Colts. I did love the Colts, by the way, on that playoff game. They did cash the money, even though the Bills got the number. Rivers did a really good job in the Manning cast last night. I know you were watching that. When we come back, we're going to talk some more NFL and also dab a little bit into college basketball. It is the Lombardi line right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Black Friday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you're also going to receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up. This is a limited-time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross, alongside West Reynolds, this is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And let's talk a little bit more NFL very quickly, Wes, and then we'll turn our attention to college basketball because it does involve those Cowboys against the Chiefs. And this is such an interesting line that we've seen, and I know that it's predicated on what the the Cowboys did last week, coming off the shellacking at the hands of Denver. Then they go out and do the same to the the Falcons, 43-3. And then you look at what the Chiefs did in their get-right spot against the, the Vegas Raiders here on Sunday Night Football. And all of a sudden, the Chiefs, a small favorite at home against the Cowboys. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, this is such an interesting handicap, I think, on both sides, because I'll take the road team first, that being the Dallas Cowboys. We look up at our monitors here in our studio, and on one of the monitors, the Chiron says, are Cowboys destined to reach the Super Bowl? It is your destiny. Destined to reach the Super Bowl. And boy, when you get all the uh, the uh, hot take shows and that's a topic of discussion, boy, that gets priced in the market. So you're going to have a lot of betters that are seeing, oh my God, the Cowboys are getting two and a half on the road. This is a freaking layup for these guys. For sure, that might be the most teased game on the mm-hmm. entire Week 11 card to tease the Cowboys through the three and the seven. And I can't necessarily disagree with that. But if you look at what the look ahead line was on this game this was two and a half then all of a sudden over the weekend it went down to a pick 'em, 
and the Cowboys did what they did, and they absolutely stomped a mud hole in Atlanta and walked it dry, walked them dry. Mm-hmm. And then Kansas City comes out and arguably plays their best game of the season. That team was three sixteen and one against the number, by the way, going back to last season, going into that Sunday night game. Patrick Mahomes looked like what we believe Patrick Mahomes to right. be, 41 to 14, an easy win and Allegiant Stadium over the Raiders. So now all of a sudden, do you make that leap where it's like, well, the Chiefs are right again. Now they're leading the AFC West, water's finding its level. They looked right. So that's what makes this such an interesting handicap because you feel almost like both teams are overpriced here. But somebody's got to be the favorite, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs now at two and a half. This did reopen two and a half. Cowboys got some support, and then it went back up to the Chiefs, I think, after they showed that they had at least a little bit of a pulse against right. the Raiders, especially offensively. That was a team that was averaging like 12 points a game. And we were talking uh, to Soren Petro, who does local radio there in Kansas City, on the Green Zone this past Sunday. And he was like, look, the mental psyche of this team is not very good right now. They, they've seen me because I picked up on the fact that they were kind of chirping some of the players on social media saying this fan base is so toxic. Like they're not satisfied because they have expectations and this team has not been living up to them. The chiefs fan base. That was the problem. That, that yeah. was the problem. They're like the one chiefs. of the best fan bases. I've been to I games at Arrowhead I stadium. Get that. Yeah. They're one of the best, more knowledgeable fan bases in the NFL. That's always a tough place to play. And I think it will be on Sunday too. I have, not played this small lean to the Chiefs right now, but not ready to commit dollars to that statement. If you are a Cowboy backer, though, I have to assume, and we try to do this, is gauge where we think the line's going to go. I have to. It's not going to get to three, right? I can't see this number getting to three. So if you're a Cowboy backer, shouldn't you buy it now? Because I got to think this number comes down closer to one, one and a half by kickoff. Yeah, on Sunday. I think you certainly could. Uh, I, I, I don't know if this is going to be one of those defined quote-unquote pros versus Joes type of game where the Joes are on the Cowboys and the pros are on the Chiefs. I think it's probably going to have at least a little more variance or at least a little more balance on both sides. But to your point, I don't see this getting to three. If it does get to three, I think the money is going to – they're going to get snapped up very quickly in the marketplace just on taking a number value from this standpoint. So uh, keep in mind now the Chiefs 4-16-1 against the spread add one to the win ledger from Sunday night. But still, that – matters to a lot of people and that gets priced in here in week 11 you're not really going to trick the odds makers they know that as well as you know that so that's where we are two and a half right here uh kind of uh i mean look this chiefs a couple weeks ago what were they uh they were at one point one point underdogs at home to green bay and then aaron Rodgers has COVID 19 oh, and right, right. everything he's loose. out so now the Chiefs are laying two and a half to the Cowboys, who are about, I think, in terms of how the market sees them, about right on the same level. So is this an overreaction? I'm not sure yet. I got to do a little more investigating on this. One. I mentioned that maybe the Niners were a good tease play there at six and a half. Tease that down to a half point against Jacksonville. And to me, this could be, if you're looking for a dance partner, maybe you grab one of the Cowboys now to get to, through those key numbers of seven and eight and take the Cowboys at eight and a half. So maybe if you're a tease player like I am, and you're looking for that second play, that might be the way to go now. But you might want to get it now because I don't know that that number is going to be there uh, long-term before we get to Sunday. Uh, we're going to have Will Hill on just in just a little bit here to talk more about this game, and he might like a, a part of that total. We'll discuss that in a little bit. But, Wes, let's talk a little college basketball mm-hmm. right now uh, because we do – people always – it's that sleepy time where we're just getting into college hoops here. We still have college football. Obviously, we'll talk about a little Tuesday night match a little bit later on. But let's talk hoops here, and let's talk about Creighton 
and Nebraska. Early in the season, is it harder for you to handicap teams because there's not enough data on the new teams, or do you think it's easier because sometimes you can see where these lines are off? I think it really depends because, look, everybody's lines are off. I mean, I don't care how much prep or how much work you do. Everybody's lines are off, and especially the odds makers because, look, these odds makers are knee-deep in football right now. So what they're doing, basically, they're just copy-pasting. You're not seeing a lot of origination in terms of what the odds makers are doing. I mean, somebody's got to be first, but it's basically a lot of copy-paste off the power ratings, off the Ken Palm and whatnot because they don't have time to break down 350-plus no. uh, Division One basketball teams and see what their power ratings and what their offensive and defensive efficiencies are. So they just kind of put them up there. And, and then and at this point in the season, they take lower limits as well. But interesting game here with Creighton and Nebraska. Totally new Creighton team, by the way. They lost all five starters from a team that was 22-9 and nine last year. You lose 58 uh, points per game from those players. And look, they're usually very efficient offensively. Good three-point shooting team. They're only shooting 18.2% from the three. So eventually you think maybe water's going to find its level. They are getting a lot of points at the rim, though, 68.5% from the two. But those two games were against Pine Bluff and Kennesaw State, who are, you know, bottom 25 teams nationally in pretty much all ratings. Uh, Not shooting very well from the foul line. So now you get a Nebraska team that returns three starters from a team that only had three wins in the Big Ten. They had a couple COVID pauses. uh, And, look, they've added a couple transfers. They've added Alonzo Verge from Arizona State. The McGowan's brothers, Trey returns, and also Bryce McGowan's, which was the first, I believe, five-star recruit in the history of Nebraska basketball, wow. goes there to play for Fred Hoiberg and also play with his brother Trey. They're trying to get up and down a little bit more. 24th in adjusted tempo through two games. Uh, pretty good three-point shooting defense, and Creighton obviously has not shot the three very well. Fred Hoiberg's 0-2 against Greg McDermott so far. And look, Nebraska and Creighton, this is kind of an understated rivalry in college basketball. Creighton has a lot of great fan support out there in Omaha, but they take to the road in Lincoln. This is now up to three and a half. Uh, I kind of like the money line here at minus 155, minus 160 on Nebraska. I think that this is a huge game for that program. And I thought Nebraska was going to be a little bit improved this year. I know they're just one and one, kind of had a uh, shaky loss at home. But I think that this is the spot that they've really been gearing toward to, uh, you know, get Creighton back. Creighton's had their number each of the past two years. Nebraska did lose their opener against Western Illinois, rebounded against Sam Houston State. So number has kept at bay a little bit because of the fact that they've had two kind of just okay games at home. So I like the Cornhuskers here. All right, look at Seton Hall in Michigan, and I'm assuming that Terry DeHare and Ramil Robinson are not walking through that door. Yeah, where's P- is uh, P.J. Carlissimo and I mean, P.J. Carlissimo and Steve Fisher going to be coaching this one? I just look at this matchup and I go, my goodness, is there a national championship on the line in this game here? But, yeah, we're going way, way, way back in the machine for that one. Michigan is – one of the elite programs right now in college basketball, Jawan Howard, obviously, we know where he has that program. Seton Hall feels like one of those sleepy teams that people don't really talk about, but kind of fly below the radar a little bit. How do you break this one down in Ann Arbor? Yeah, small lean. I have not bet this game. This is part of the Gavit Games Big Ten against Big East. So small lean a little bit to Seton Hall's. A little bit of a dip in expectations. Uh, got a couple players gone. Uh, don't ask me to pronounce the guy's name. Sandro was his first name. <laughs> yes. The forward, he is gone. Jawan Howard reloading here. A couple five-star commits, uh, number four in the AP poll. But 
if you look at Seton Hall, they've only, they've played a couple weaker opponents in Yale and FDU, but they've only allowed 28.2 in terms of effective field goal percentage uh, defense. Uh, both these teams combined, I think, five for 45 against them from the three. So Kevin Willard's team usually is long. They play pretty solid defense here. Uh, Harvard transfer Bryce Aiken is now in at Seton Hall to go along with Miles Kale. Michigan top five right now in the Ken Palm in terms of offensive and defensive efficiency. So obviously they are very much priced to the moon, but I get eight and a half. I know this is a road game for Seton Hall. I get eight and a half. This is just a tad high. So I'd be on the Pirates in the spot. All right, let's see. Uh, yeah, again, I believe that was 1989. In one? Seattle, yes. I think that was. Michigan won that one. See who wins this one. Come on back. Will Hill is going to join us next right here on the Lombardi Line. I'm Vista the Sports Betting Network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. 
I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All the football and basketball action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you're also going to get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. From epic touchdowns to spectacular slam dunks, the king of sportsbooks takes every play to a thrilling new level. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN1000 to make your First wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets for site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. We always love having our VEASAN contributor, Will Hill, join the program to talk all things sports across the spectrum of sports. But, Will, I do have to start very quickly. Noah Syndergaard left my New York Metropolitans today for the, uh, for the Angels there in Anaheim. Did you see that coming? Because I didn't. And even though I know you're not a Met fan, you know my heart's broken today. No, I'm surprised because they gave him the qualifying offer, which was, I think, $18 million, and they wouldn't give him the twenty one. So it basically was $2.5 million difference. Which, look, you either want him or you don't. I mean, the guy, Cohen, who owns the team, has got $14 billion. I'm surprised $2 million was the difference. Um, he's been hurt. You know, you think of him as being young, this fireballer. He's not that young anymore. I think he turns 30 uh, in the next coming months. He's had arm issues. Even in 2019, he was healthy. He wasn't great. So I get it, but it is a little surprising. And I'm also a little surprised with who the Mets hired as GM, Billy Epler. I mean, they had everybody and their mother turn the job down, and they go to Epler, who was the Angels GM. I mean, he had Trout. He had, you know, the best player in baseball, all these endless resources. He didn't win much there. I was kind of surprised at that hire as well. And that's why you have to listen to the New York City cast that, that Will does a great job with that podcast. Yeah, and there probably be York. bringing up the fact that Syndergaard wasn't even allowed to throw a slider last year, and all of a sudden the Angels giving him this big money. That's like so Angels, though, to kind of get that flashy big name that's had some injury issues. And look, whatever the Angels do, it seems like they're destined to go 81 and 81 pretty much for the rest of existence. But they do have the best hair now, at least for a starting pitcher in Anaheim. Will, let's get back uh, to the NFL here. And we were talking about the Cowboys Cowboys and Chiefs game here and you know it is interesting when you see kind of two public teams obviously with the Cowboys and the Chiefs and the Chiefs that small favorite at two and a half but I looked at the total at 55 55 and a half here at BetMGM do you like a play here 
I don't want to, um, you know, impinge on your ground here. I know you're the mayor of Squaresville here with these overs. <laughs> I might run for mayor here. I like the over too. Uh, I just think this is a 31-28 game. Is that Chiefs offense, are they for real? Are they back? Maybe that was pretty impressive what they did the other night. Uh, I just think you look at both of these teams, top 10 in the league in terms of yards per play, both explosive offenses. I could definitely see a back and forth, 31-28, 34-31 type of game. Neither defense is great. We know the Chiefs who, you know, they've actually been a little better recently. We know they're not great on defense. Dallas will move the ball uh, efficiently. The Cowboys, for their numbers, I know they played last uh, played well last week, held the Falcons to three points somehow. They're not great on defense either. They're more opportunistic than anything. So I just think this is a big play game. You know, sometimes the squares cash, sometimes uh, the Dave Rosses and the Will Hills cash. So I'm going to go square here. I'm going to take the over. I think this is going to be a lot of points. Well, it's not Squaresville. Woo! It's Rhombus City that uh, <laughs> Dave is the uh, city manager Absolutely. for here. So uh, Dallas and Kansas City over. I can't necessarily disagree with that. Will, let's stay in the uh, NFC or go to the NFC West here. It's Arizona and Seattle. Look, bad performance for Arizona. Obviously, uh, got totally boat raced by the Carolina Panthers at home. Cam Newton announces his triumphant return on back after the first touchdown, and that's really all they needed, but you're seeing Arizona get a little bit of the money here. Two and a half, there's some threes juiced to the Seattle side, and it almost seems like it's sacrilege to go against Seattle at home because they have such a home field advantage with the 12th man, but you're going to do exactly that. Cardinals laying two and a half. Yeah, this is a Cardinals team. I think you're with me, Wes, that we've been betting against. I mean, I had them early in the year against, the, I think it was the Titans week one. I think I had them against Jacksonville. Other than that, I've been fading them every week uh, with mixed results. Worked out this past week, not so much a couple weeks ago, despite the closing line value against the 49ers. I'm actually on them this week just because, you know, this is a number grab for me. I think this is going to hit the other side at three. To me, this is just a handicap similar to what I've done the, the past couple weeks with them. I'm handicapping if Murray's going to play. Sounds like he was pretty close last week. Could have played if he needed to. I think the extra week will make him a go, and I think this will get this on the other side of three. I, I think you know this is a good chance this closes three, three and a half. I'm not sure it'll get to four, but I just think minus 140 on a money line or a two and a half, anything on the other side of the key number three, there's actually value here on the Cardinals, which is, uh, like I said, a team I've been looking to bet against all year. Yeah, I, well, when I look also at what you have with the Bengals and the Raiders, and one thing that I've learned from Steve Mackinan every Wednesday here in the Lombardi line is that really home field advantage is kind of a misnomer, right? And so when you look at that that number here with the Bengals weighing the one on the road, is that the reason why you're going with Cincinnati here? Based on what you've seen from the Raiders here at home, you think this might still be a good spot for the for the road team? Yeah, and not only is, is home field advantage not what it used to be, but they're not all created equally. I mean, Las Vegas, look, you guys know this. They haven't had the Raiders for very long. It's not like you've got a ton of Raiders fans there. You get a lot of transplants. you got a lot of people rooting for the other team. And I just can't back this Raiders team. I think the rugs issue, and I hate to bring it into it because it's such a serious thing. You hate to bring it into betting, but this is a betting show. Just how much turmoil, how many distractions can you have between Gruden a month ago? Okay, they got off the map. They played hard uh, the following week against Denver, won that game. But after that, you have rugs and everything. I mean, that's a teammate. It's different, a coach that maybe people didn't even like. But this is a teammate in rugs, a guy, you know, the quarterback everyone seemed to like. Plus what rugs did on the field. I mean, he really takes the top off of a defense. He's somebody you have to account for. We saw Deshaun Jackson. He could still run, but I, I don't know what he was doing. What, what running was that? The other day. That was bizarre. I'm waiting for him to run forward. <laughs> what, what, what in the world happened there? Great. It was just, he's got some issues with the goal line. Remember, uh, I think it was his rookie year. He dropped the ball before he got in the goal line. Oh, yeah. Play last, really bizarre. Uh, so I could only look to back, back the Bengals here. The Raiders for me, just too much turmoil, too many distractions. So I like the Bengals here. 
Yeah, I, I would be with you here. I, I just I don't know where the Raiders' mindset is, and that's kind of why I like the Chiefs last week because we were talking about, okay, both these teams' mindsets right now are not very good. We mm. mentioned it with the Chiefs, but also the Raiders because it's kind of like they're in the locker room together right now. Like, dude, what's next? Yeah. Like, we've had everything that could possibly happen to us, and and the Raiders, they, they just they look disinterested almost on Sunday night against Kansas City. We'll see if they can resume that interest here. But one thing of interest, tonight will is Maction. of course we're now getting that regular tuesday wednesday night Maction here and two teams that are already bowl eligible already have six wins they cannot win the western division i don't believe northern illinois has the lead there at five and one but we've got uh western at eastern tonight up in ypsilanti and uh Western laying five and a half, couple sixes in the market. Eastern seemingly has gotten it going with Ben Bryant at quarterback, the former Cincinnati transfer, and I think that's the direction you're looking tonight. Yeah, 100%. There are definitely sixes out there. Find the sixes. Um, Eastern Michigan's got a good offense. The one thing they don't do well is run the ball. Well, that's not a problem against Western Michigan. Western Michigan is one of the worst pass defenses in the MAC. a really bad secondary, bad against the pass. Uh, six conference games, they've given up 30 or more in five of the six, so – I just think this number's too high. I look for a high-scoring back-and-forth game. Uh, give me the points here with Eastern Michigan. And look, it's Maction. It's Tuesday night. You got to take the points. It's a rule. It's a law. You got to take the points. <laughs> Fine. But it, it's, it's actually it, it's a conference. I, I I don't know how you guys feel. I used to love watching it. I feel like the talent level has dropped yes. off. I don't oh, know yes. if it's the yes. transfer portal or what it is, but I mean, it's just kind of bad football a lot of the times, but not going to stop me tonight. I'm going to take Eastern Michigan plus six. Will, you absolutely nailed it there because I've been making that point with this Mac because nobody is really separating. There's usually always one standout team. Uh, you know, Northern Illinois had great teams about a decade ago that would win 10, 11 games. They'd get ranked in the top 25. I think the transfer portal has absolutely killed this mm -hmm. conference because look, when you're in the Midwest, a lot of these kids that maybe are two-star recruits, they want to play play at a Big Ten school. They want to play at an SEC school, but they go to the MAC and look, those are still scholarships and those are still tuition and room and board, so they're still valuable and they matter, but you've really seen the transfer portal affect this conference because you've seen kind of an erratic football because you look at a lot of these teams and they're all kind of the same conference record, most of them, four and two or three and three. So, you know, that's what you're seeing. And plus, you haven't really been seeing a lot of defense in no, this conference. Not at all. We got about one minute to go here, Will. I just want to know very quickly, do you believe in curses? Yes. Okay. Well, because tonight the Warriors are getting three against the Brooklyn Nets. Draymond Green was on the Manning cast last night. Does that influence oh. your wager at all? Yes. They're crossing sports with yes. this thing now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Look, I think there's a level of focus. If you're doing that show, there, there's um, kind of a hidden level. You know what? We don't have to worry about the next game. I, I don't think it's all that crazy to say there's something to this Manning curse. Now, at some point, it's going to get broken. But uh, I do think it's interesting. Yeah, it's there. Phil, it's a real thing Phil right Mickelson now. last night brought up the fact who just won the final event on PGA Tour Champions is not playing the RSM Classic this week because down in of, Sea Island, Georgia because of the Manning curse. There it is. Uh, check him out with the, the New York City uh, podcast. It's a great city cast. And also follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Will, always appreciate the time and the information, my friend. And, yes, I am still the mayor of Squaresville. The <laughs> when we come back, more NFL college football to get to. It is the Lombardi Line right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.